It's a completely different world. Kenny Omega is the planet. Chris Jericho is the whole universe. I'm the alpha. Alpha versus Omega. It's not just a catchphrase. It's the truth. And it's typical for somebody like Kenny to think, Jericho can't handle my style because he's been so big here in New Japan. But he's big with Okada and Naito and Tanahashi. That's great. There's four guys, five guys, six guys. I've been great against 50 guys, against 100 Hall of Famers, some of the greatest of all time. Kenny Omega has, can't even lace my boots up when it comes to that type of respect and that type of uh, experience, that type of knowledge that I have. Hello and Happy New Year. Uh, and, and welcome back, everyone, to the show to watch. I, I always say watch. The show to listen to. Holy shit. Yeah, you want to be visual so bad. <laughs> it would be nice. Maybe. Maybe one week. Yeah. Maybe I, closer to Mania, maybe. We do a, a nice little Instagram. Yeah, I think that, know, that'd be dope. But, but yeah, yeah you, let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let, let's 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 table that and bring it back in April. Uh, welcome to <laughs> welcome back to the A Show, our first show in 2018. Welcome back to everybody. Of course, your your host is uh, me. Of course, Justin and Meals on the other line. What's going on, Meals? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. I am in probably. I'm in a snowstorm. Oh um, yeah, the snow bomb or whatever the hell it's called. Snow bomb cyclone, whatever salacious name they're using to describe it this time. Last year it was polar vortex. It, then there's like nor'easter, which I don't know. I don't know. I don't get the names, but I'm here. I've survived. I'm doing like I'm possibly in the most New York setting ever because I legit am trying to clean my Tims. Oh and God! So <laughs> my neighbor upstairs is playing like Dead Presidents. <laughs> So it's just like the vibe is completely set for a very New York winter. You guys, it's are, the coldest winter of all fucking time. A lot of a lot of climate change, a lot of weather change going on in the world, and of course a lot of actual change going on with the A Show. Um, just to announce here, since this is going to be the first show that is actually under the the new labeling, uh, this is actually now under the RNC Radio label and network. Uh, that I am starting with uh, Meals and a couple other guys So um, now when you see this on the feed Or you'll see it on SoundCloud Or you'll see it on iTunes um, It will be under RNC Radio There are going to be a lot of different shows That are coming out on it On you know this this banner And uh, the A show is the first uh, Going to be the inaugural This is going to be inaugural kickoff to that But you know Beautiful You might have to resubscribe too I just know with RSS feeds things Like you might have to resubscribe So if you don't see anything updating You might just have to like resubscribe yeah and, and of course the links will all be there the old shows will also be there as well um i might have to go back and restart the thread the a show thread on twitter because all of the urls are different now but um i'll do that this week and you know you'll be able to find in a, in a nice handy dandy uh thread for you guys to click on all the older shows and you know we're, we're doing this a lot a lot more professionally uh in 2018 um as you can see we're you know we're, we're doing it we're doing it really big so Thanks for being on the, you know, being on this ride with us, and hopefully you'll join us for the other shows that will be on the network, and you'll join us for the other things that we're doing, we'll, we'll be doing as far as content, uh, that's playlists, that's interviews, that's that shows, everything that we do. Um, I'm just really excited about it. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. We're all glad to be a part of it, and stay tuned for more with RNC Radio coming 
and a show, of course. Yeah, the a show. Uh, but, and, but I mean, just let's just get right down to it. Uh, we had a pretty big day, or pretty big night. I think me, uh, I'm I'm pretty tired um, from watching, of course, Wrestle Kingdom 12, which aired last night, uh, a little bit a little bit under 24 hours ago, uh, and from the Tokyo Dome. Uh, but we also have some other housekeeping things to talk about on No Holds Barred for the a show this week. Uh, it was going to be a pretty light WWE show, also. So if if you're not ready for that, then uh, you can you'll probably listen to this and leave, but you probably won't because you probably watched wrestling Wrestle Kingdom as well as we did. Um, but the first thing on on the slate uh, are the NXT tapings that are going on tonight. Um, I can say that these go home tapings are pretty eventful and they're filling out the card. Have you have you seen any of the, any of the spoilers? And don't worry, we're not going to spoil it for you guys. I've seen the spoilers. Um, I'm intrigued. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that because we can't spoil. I would love to spoil. I would love to like put some spoiler tags over it, but I'm just not. It looks very intriguing. Um, you know, NXT must see moving into the Royal Rumble weekend where they'll have NXT Philadelphia. Yes, uh, and as I said before on the on the shows that led up to War Games, even though these are just three weeks of tapings uh, that will start next Wednesday, I would advise everyone to watch these tapings. It sounds like there's some really great matches, and there are some very, very huge matches announced for the show. Uh, but of course, this week it was announced that Aleister Black will be facing Adam Cole on the show, and of course you also have uh, Andrade Cien Almas taking on Johnny Gargano in the main event, so those two are already announced but the rest of the car will be filled out on the show of course do you feel like they should or maybe it would be nice just some ecw i know everyone from ecw is at least like the 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 youngest age has got to be like 41 years old by now like everyone is like way past like the hill um would you be you know would you be disgusted or saying if they brought in an ECW person and say, hey, you know, we're going to pop the Philly crowd and NXT is a good way to do it? Ah, we're, we're, we're like, we're kind of going right into spoiler territory, but I think that Because I didn't see that. I literally just... Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, as far as what they're... They're doing a match or they're do, there's a match stipulation that's paying homage to it. But I'm saying, like, bring in, like, Rhino or Sandman or like have him in the crowd, Ray. have him in the crowd, a la Oscar or Drew McIntyre. I would love that would be cool to have but Tommy you wouldn't Dreamer. Want them like wrestling? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I wouldn't want them wrestling any of these guys. Like, what, what's it gonna do for them? What's it gonna do for these for these guys? I don't think it would be. You get a get a Lars Sullivan maybe versus like Tommy Dreamer and he kills Tommy Dreamer or something. I don't know. I can see if it was taking place in the ECW arena, but it isn't. Uh, I mean, Philly's a good town. All right, we'll, we'll see what happens. The Royal Rumble's in Philly, you know, so I expect some extreme alumni, whether, you know. Now, that would know. be dope. That would be dope if they, if some ECW guys showed up in the Rumble. That would be fire. But then Not again, sad, but but with the way that but with the way that the rosters are so bloated, like that would be taking away a spot from like a Ty Dillinger or somebody. Uh, I'll be honest, Ty Dillinger. You know, he came out last year. I think we've <laughs> that was his. That was his spot right there. That was it. That was his spot. Literally, it's like, what do you do now? Is he gonna come out number ten again? Really? Like that was the spot. Like we, they made it. They got it. Um, you know, I if if Ty Dillinger sits this year out, I wouldn't be mad if they brought in a surprise or something. Like past surprises, we've had like DDP or like I don't know. There's Kevin Nash one year, and what was a good surprise? Um, uh, AJ Styles, AJ Styles? <laughs> That was the biggest rumble surprise Of maybe the past decade I think Yeah Easily Easily 
I, I, I think that's the, that was, you know, looking back in hindsight, that was probably the greatest debut you could ever have for somebody. I know a lot of people didn't like that, you know, if he's not going to win, why put him in the match? But I think in that match. That's stupid. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, like, I think if you if you remember correctly, he set up so many storylines in so many matches just in that one match. I mean, he set up the, yeah. uh, the storyline with Roman, with KO and all those people within that same match. I mean, and he's been feuding well, with KO since. Yeah, well, that the, the Rumble that he debuted in, I, I believe it was also the Rumble that the WWE title was on the line in. Yep. So I knew, know there was an actual story going on with that. It would have been cool if he won it, but I know there was an actual story going on with that. And Triple H won, of course. Yeah, so, yeah. he should have turned babyface that night. But anyway, um, at the other the other point that I that I wanted to talk about this week was the Mixed Match Challenge. Boom, with- boom, boom, the MMC. Maybach, I mean, mixed mixed match, match challenge, challenge. <laughs> <laughs> which will emanate from uh, right after SmackDown and 205 Live spot in two weeks. Uh, which, I mean, a huge, huge month for WWE. Just, I mean, just off of this debuting and the Rumble and the Raw 25 and NXT. This is a huge uh, January, probably the biggest January they've had in years. But they were uh, they announced a couple of the participants in the actual mixed, mixed match challenge this week. Uh, you've had teams such as Rusev and Lana, which was uh, revealed today Finn Balor and Sasha Banks uh, Braun Strowman and yeah the team uh, Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss and we're, there was one more team who was the, who was the last I oh, believe Sh- it was Charlotte, Bobby Roode and Charlotte yeah Charlotte Flair. and Bobby Roode those are the only teams that have been announced so far um, what do you think about the show so far like what are your thoughts on it I, like personally I think that it's a cool show to, to have, but people get so kind of hung up on wins and losses. My whole thing is, like, what is it going to mean for anyone who loses this match? Uh, I don't know. I think it's supposed to be fun. Like, it's just supposed to be fun. It doesn't look like, you know, canon or anything. Like, it doesn't look like it will impact any storylines, really. Maybe it will. Maybe at least one of them will. But it doesn't look like, you know, much... It's going to go on. I think wins and losses, I, I don't think they matter. I think it's supposed to be more entertainment, putting smiles on faces. This is for Facebook. This is for, like, the general audience. It's not, like, a huge, like, thing that's supposed to be, like, oh, my God, who wins, who losses, and we're supposed to be checking for that. I think, literally, we could have Goldust and somebody else win. We could have Finn Balor and Sasha Banks win. It, I don't really think it matters who wins. The only thing I could see affecting anything is the unfortunate incident of anyone getting injured in this tournament then it's gonna really suck <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they're gonna be going too hard on these matches to be honest and uh I, and i think it lends more credence to that with the fact that it's it's not intergender it is actually just a mixed tag match where you know yeah. if, if finn balor he doesn't have to do all those flippy moves outside the ring or alexa bliss or sasha don't have to try and basically kill themselves doing dives it could be a pretty basic like uh, w- WCW Saturday Night Match, where it's just like gotcha. regular, you know, regular holds, regular rest holds, regular like a hot spot, a hot tag spot, and then it, then it's over. Um, there are a couple of participants that don't have tag partners yet. Uh, you mentioned Goldust. Um, there's also Asuka and Shinsuke Nakamura who don't have partners yet. I think they might team up Shinsuke with Nia Jax. Shinsuke with Nia Jax? No, because they're on different rosters. What is it? Oh, it has to be same roster. It has to be the same roster, yeah. They're doing a Raw versus SmackDown kind of thing, so I, I, I don't uh, know. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, I think, was it Carmella? Carmella's in it. Carmella's yeah. in it. They've been, they've been doing cute little um, the, the internet vignettes with her and New Day, so I don't know if that's going to and one member anything. And one member of the New Day is going to be picked by a fan vote. The, yes. The, which, which, okay, that's... 
I don't know who they'll put Shinsuke with then, if that's the case. That's going to be interesting. Could be anyone. Maybe Becky Lynch. Becky. Knows? It'd be Becky. It would be Becky. It'd have to be Becky, right? Yeah. But, again, like, I feel like this doesn't matter in, in just the retrospect. It's supposed to be fun. So. Well, it does matter because the winner gets $100,000 to a charity of their choice. Oh, yes. It, it matters in that sort of sense. But it's supposed to be fun. It's for charity. It this completely is, worked. It completely worked. <laughs> yeah, that's, what I, that's the weird part about it. It's completely worked for charity. Like, huh? Like, you're working at charity? How, how, will these charities agree to this? <laughs> it's, it's just going to be Connor's cure, my nigga, or, or Susan G. Kilman. Like, it's, probably, it's probably going to be that care. damn trash. I mean, not trash, but... <laughs> not Connor's cure. Not Connor's cure. Susan G. Kilman, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, um yeah, that, that's it for No Holds Barred, and I guess we'll just go right into Raw and SmackDown, which I think largely were two very, like, nothing shows, in my opinion, this week. <laughs> yeah, they're still... Just, I think, I don't know. It's just because they're waiting time and building or something, and they're not quite ready to pull the trigger on anything important yet. Maybe they're waiting till Mania. Maybe they're waiting till um, just after the Royal Rumble or something. But it's, it's, yeah, they're kind of just like they're really dragging their feet with this one. I mean, Raw opened up with you know Kurt Angle promo and then Jason Jordan versus Cesaro, which to me was you know super boring to me. Yeah, um, it's not what, a hot opener. But. One thing we had we did get was that the uh, the Royal Rumble both Royal Rumbles are taking shape <clears throat> um, we did get information and in intel that the Women's Royal Rumble will be 30 entrants uh, for meals this will be over the top rope <laughs> this will be over the top rope and it will it will be 30 entrants yes so it will be a rumble for all which is a, which is a really nice tagline that I, that I actually like that they coined um, and so far the entrants have been uh, Sasha's in it I, I think naturally all the women are going to be in it but they've announced officially Sasha's in it Bailey's in it um, Asuka is in the match uh, and then on the men's side they haven't really announced anybody uh, Finn Balor's in it uh, Elias is in it John, John Cena, Randy Orton. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, but I don't see why they do for the women. There's max twenty, twenty one. Like, and it's supposed to be a thirty person rumble. So I don't even know why we're you know we're guessing these announcements. Yeah. I I think the biggest thing here, and one thing I did want to mention, which I, I didn't even put in the notes, um, Oscar and Alexa Bliss had a a pretty even. I I I didn't enjoy the match, but I think the booking is way more curious in that you had Oscar beat Alexa Bliss on Raw on Monday clean, which to me sets it up so that Oscar doesn't have to win the Rumble because she has a title shot coming out of it at the next pay per view. I think she, she might even have a title shot waiting in these upcoming weeks. I think we could even see it on Monday on Raw. Who knows? Right, right, but, right. Um, because it's, I think they're trying to get her out of the Rumble. I think they don't want to, yeah, essentially if you have Oscar lose the Rumble, it's kind of a blemish. It's not too big of a blemish because she still hasn't been pinned. But, you know, I, I could see them she lost the Battle Royal. Direction. She lost the Battle Royal NXT. Yeah, she lost to, you know, she got eliminated by Eva Marie. She got to Ben Coyle. Never forget. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that that's some interesting booking there as far as the women, because I do think that the end goal, which, I, I mean, honestly, for even building her to something and having something to build her to, I think it's, it's commendable for WWE to actually be thinking about this ahead of time. Like, hey, if Asuka gets eliminated, she'll have nothing coming out of it. and she ha- She'll have not beaten Alexa. So um, I think that was some really interesting booking there. Um, and I, I'm 
I remain unenthused by the Brock Lesnar program. I think they did. No. I do not care about it. Uh, Finn Balor uh, reunited with the club on Monday. What do you What do you feel that about that? It was It was cool. He, that I've never I've never seen that motherfucker happier in this in the main roster than he was that night when he was on Monday. Yeah, I think it, it, it was fine. It was fine for what it was. I mean, you know, it's not that I'm not impressed or anything, but I was just like, oh, we're finally doing it. But I feel like it was maybe done too late. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. It was perfectly fine. Do you think that? Do you think that if he was to do this and get into having the club exist again, this might be his way of saying, okay, if I'm not going to get on the on, on Mania as a singles, I might as well parlay it into a a tag and strangle the card that way. I think um, when you have more bodies, I think it's definitely something that it's a little bit more flexible in terms of what you can do on the roster. So I think that's that's cool. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see Finn Balor currently in any major plans anyway um, or any major program heading into Mania anyway. Um, but, you know, that could all change. We have a couple months. The Royal Rumble's coming up. Who knows what's going to happen? But it, it, for me right now on Raw, it seemed like a nice one-off. I don't know if they've... Uh, Announced that they're going to be back together full time. Maybe with the Miz Taraj and the Miz returning on Monday, I could see something where they're building towards a six man sort of even the odds a bit. But let's just see where it goes. Yeah, even with all even with all points uh, going towards the fact that uh, he's going back into the IC title hunt, uh, we'll see. Yeah, the Miz, the Miz Taraj versus the Club. I'm down for that a little bit. It'll give the the club a little bit of a shine. The Mr. Rogers, of course, get a little bit of shine. Um, It's a good program moving forward. All right, Uh, and that was Raw SmackDown. Um, I'm a little concerned about SmackDown, and you know, I thought that the show would start to return to its winning ways after Jinder got the title off of him, but now we have a new albatross that is keeping the show from truly being what it is, and that is the... This is a week where I thought that the Brian and Shane thing needed to take a break, and I feel as though... I don't know if you agree. I think AJ is kind of being... uh, He's kind of being lost in the shuffle in this storyline. Yeah, I I believe so. It's kind of... um kind of, I don't know, it's just, SmackDown was like this weird shit sandwich of like, where the bread is two shits, like the <laughs> beginning of SmackDown, and like the the end of SmackDown just really, it was like confusing, and, and didn't really add to much, but like, everything sort of in between, you talk about that tag team title match, with the wonky ending, but it, it still was kind of like thrilling, and then you have that US title tournament, which will lead to something, I thought that was good too, it's a good use of the mid card, you got a Breezango, Bludgeon Brothers, you know, Ascension thing moving on. You got the ladies doing their thing. But this this feud seems to just kind of be more, it's, a, it's like a B-side feud. Yeah. It's, 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 it's leading to something more. And I think that WWE, in terms of their pacing, doesn't quite know, or at least isn't, or just is like really dragging out the pacing of this entire thing. Because I don't know if it's leading to... Daniel Bryan versus Shane McMahon. I don't know if it's leading anything, but AJ Styles is getting caught in the middle of it, and it's not doing working wonders for him at all. And uh, you have AJ. You had AJ on on this episode lose to Sami Zayn, so he's lost twice in a week, and now it's looking like, or oh, now it's official that he's going to face Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a handicap match. Not sure if it was for the title or not, but it's going to be at the Royal Rumble. I'm pretty sure it'll oh, be made for, for the, the title. title. It's for the, it's title? For the title. Oh boy. Um, yeah, it's for the title. 
but it's you know we already know hard. we already know how it's gonna end. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, listen, Adrian Styles has had experience in handicap matches against the Singh brothers. It's just like, <laughs> you know, a level of expert difficulty a little bit higher. It's a. It's. I, I, you know, it's gonna be perfectly fine. It is what it is. The, the world championship, the universal championship match, and this match don't really excite me. But they're both they're uh, both multi man matches too, which is insane. But I think they're doing the best with you know I don't I don't know if they're doing the best with what they have. Let me even say that. But I think these aren't supposed to be the main attractions of the show. This is really the B side of the show. Right. Um, and that was WWE for the week. Uh, again, another off week. I think next week we'll we'll start to see things shape out a little bit more. Um, oh, I, I mean, I think we missed actually a big match. Or uh, Samoa Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns had a really good match. I'm, I'm like really skipping over that, but yeah, I mean, there was really not much there. Uh, Roman Reigns beat Samoa Joe. I thought it was great. I'm not. I didn't have a problem with Joe losing here. I think that he's not hurt. At all by it, um, and I think he'll continue to be in the in the in the mix. Um, but let's get to the main event of the show: uh, New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 12. Um, you watched it today, Mills. Uh, I did watch it today. I did not watch it live. Um, I think it's a form of. I think it's it would have been too much. I was about to say a form of torture. I don't want to go that far. Wow. I think it would have been <laughs> some of those matches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a very, very long show, and these are very in the New Japan style as opposed to WWE style. I don't. It it has these moments of upswing, but I think they're a lot further apart than the WWE style. So it's, a lot of these will be like a methodical sort of you know thing. And I I don't know being up at for a show that starts at two in the morning over here and lasting through seven a.m. eight a.m. I don't know. I, I couldn't six, do it. Six six hour show when it's all said and done. So I think. It went six thirty, six hours and thirty minutes. I mean, that's about as. Well, how, how, what's the longest WWE show? Mania. That's about four hours. Four Mania, five, five hours. Mania has been five and a half hours yeah. lately. Um, when you add in the pre-show, I guess yeah, it's like five and a half hours or so. Yeah, and but uh, yeah, man, all the big four. Um, I watched the first four matches last night and i finished the show today so i'm i I think me and you are as fresh as we could possibly be to talk about this show um and and just to run through the card and i I think i'll run through the card and i'll give some of my thoughts on the matches and then meals you can jump in whenever and we're 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 obviously gonna uh, analyze the show in a lot a lot you know more longer form after we do this but uh first up you had the new japan rumble did you catch this or you weren't watching it yet um let's see i didn't catch it I, I didn't catch anything live i'm actually trying to find the card right now so i could just be here oh well, well, I'll, well i'll talk about it um masahiro kakihara i'm sorry uh won the new japan rumble which is i some, did not see that actually i did not see that yeah it's something that they do with the, an hour before the show it's about a 30 minute little sprint where a lot of people are they just get a lot of guys on the card and they have a couple of surprises um i thought i didn't see it i usually do not like or watch them but last night i just kind of watched it uh it was it was a nice little moment because masahiro actually had cancer and uh, he beat cancer and he actually came back to uh new japan to win the new japan rumble in a nice little moment um but to the what's the what's the rules of the new japan rumble is it different um (laughs) 
the New Japan Rumble is more like a traditional Rumble because if you remember, uh, I don't know if you remember or, or knew or remember this old old Battle Royals actually were pinfall to finish, where you had oh, to really? actually pin. Yeah, you actually had to pin the person or or throw them out to to do that. And New Japan keeps those same rules, so you can pin someone or you can throw them over the top rope, which is really interesting and I think actually sets it apart from the Royal Rumble. Um, the actual intervals in which the the people come in are like. They're weird because sometimes they'll be super long intervals and sometimes they'll be literally 15 seconds. So they, you know, it gets a lot of people in and they get to they get to do their shit and you get to see a lot of like older wrestlers in there like Jushin Jushin Tiger uh, Jushin Thunder Liger or um, like Satoshi Kojima Takamichi Noku yeah you, and and of course Nagata was in the match he, he, Nagata actually won the Rumble uh, two years in a row. Uh, a couple years ago or actually last year I think it was the first time he lost and he was able to, to oh, actually he got fucking beat on this one but yeah I mean you actually get a lot Does of people winner get anything? no <laughs> they don't uh, get anything alright yeah. well you know bragging rights is cool they get bragging rights <laughs> but um, on to the main card we had the Young Bucks defeating uh, Rapungi 3K which is Sho and Yo which are two of the younger uh, the younger up-and-comers from New Japan who actually graduated from the dojo. And uh, the story here is that Rapungi 3K uh, is basically an offshoot of the Rocky Romero stable of the same name, where uh, he he basically retired and his other teammate, Trent, who we'll, who we'll talk about later on the show, they went, on, they went their own ways and he created a new team. And the Young Bucks are, of course, the pretty much a shoo-in to have the, the junior heavyweight tag team championships on every New Japan show. Uh, the Usually the first show on, on, on the card is like the spot monkey match, and this one was actually pretty good. I thought it was a pretty solid opener. Yeah, I think it didn't. Um, usually um, it's, a, it's a lot more. And don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of like choreographed things. Like, you know, there's still, it, it was still a lot of, you know, things that I don't like about, you know, the Young Bucks matches, but it, it was a fair match. It was a good opener on the card. Yeah, I thought it was, the selling was really good. The selling actually had me fooled thinking that all of them were hurt, but uh, it was actually selling. Um, and, of course, the Young Bucks win, and they, reta- they regain, I'm sorry, the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships for the seventh time, which is nuts. Yeah, I, I like the Rapungo 3K team, just Rapungi, sorry. I like their team just because it's, like, a young team. I feel like, especially when I'm watching, like, because I'm going to compare most of this to WWE television, if you don't know. Yeah, that's fine. That's what fine. I mainly watch. That's fine. I feel like we don't have a that that team that's just like a young team. I mean, we had American Alpha, and then they broke them up. But I don't think we have that young team where their gimmick is like, man, they're they're really inexperienced, but they're really like, you know, uh, plucky or very like, you know, they can go. Um, so I think we, you know, it was kind of refreshing watching this, especially against the Bucks who are so so seasoned. Um, you know, I look forward to in the future if the Bucks ever decide they're going to reinvent themselves, but I don't think they'll be anytime soon. Yeah, they don't have to. They, they got enough fans with, with the shit that they do. Uh, I, and of course, and I have my problems with them too, but they've seemed to have calmed down in the, in the past year and they, they do a lot more submissions and stuff like that. And I don't know if that's because of the wear and tear on that they've been, you know, putting on their bodies or what, but um, I think I like the more methodical pace of the young bucks. I think they, they're becoming elder statesmen to the tag division, the junior tag division. Um, the next the next uh, match was a gauntlet match for the never open weight six man tag team championship, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm not sure if you know what the never title is or what the significance of the never title is. Um, Don't know. <laughs> basically, the the never title is is like uh, 
how could I how could I explain the purpose of it? It's basically an open weight title where anyone can can challenge for it. And so okay. so that that's like, you know, I, I guess they, they mean it like never a boundary or never, a, you know, ne- there will never be anyone who can't have this belt because, you know, like the junior heavyweights can't compete for the heavyweight titles in New Japan. Uh, the six man tag team championship was was created in 2015, I think. And they've just been kind of it's been the hot potato belt. It's the only belt that really like the never belts. They hop around every single year. But in this gauntlet match, you had chaos, which which was Beretta, Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano taking on the Bullet Club with, of Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga and Tamaloa, uh, along with Michael Elgin and War Machine with Suzuki Goon, which is Taichi, Takeshi Lizuka uh, and Zack Sabre Jr. with a bunch of other niggas that helped them out. <laughs> and to, right. and, I love Zack Sabre Jr. by the way. And Taguchi Japan, which is Juice Robinson, uh, Ryusuke Takaguchi, and Togi, uh, Togi Makabe. Um, and of course, Chaos picks up the win here, which gives uh, Beretta, who was in Rapungi, uh, who was in Rapungi with uh, Rocky Romero. The storylines in here are so fucking deep. But he he got yeah. his first he got his first uh, big belt, his first heavyweight belt here, winning the never uh, openweight six man tag belt in a not I wouldn't say it's a clusterfuck because it was a gauntlet rules. But I wasn't too I wasn't too uh, enthr- I, I I feel like it slowed the show down if if, yeah. if that means anything. But I feel like it was just it was just not the best match to have one after the Young Bucks match. I I, I thought it was just okay. Yeah, I think it could have, you know, um, I think to me, this or the Rumble could have been really interchangeable. Yeah, um, and, and how did it feel, how, how did you feel not really being familiar with anyone on this match, uh, other than maybe Zack Sabre Jr.? Because he didn't so get a lot, he of, didn't get a lot in this match, he didn't no, get to do a lot. he didn't get a lot at all, and no one really got much in, I mean, it was kind of, um, I think, uh, who's the last group that came out? Um, the Champions, the, the Champions. It was, uh, right, right, the Bullet Club. So other than that, I mean, I, I, I recognize a few people from the Bullet Club, but it's just, I don't know. It, it was kind of a lot. It was a lot coming at you very soon. Like before I could know who people were, they were kind of eliminated. So you know, <laughs> it, it, it didn't, you know, it didn't do much favors to me, but you know, I'm glad for, this is a match where like, like gotta be like 16 people get on the card and you know, is this something that they do and it, it you know, maybe something that could happen on a WrestleMania one day. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the next match on the card was a special exhibition match. They called it a, a handsome battle uh, <laughs> between <laughs> Kota Ibushi and Cody uh, with Brandy Rhodes. It went 15-08 and Kota Ibushi picked up the win. I've seen a lot of people on social media talk about, you know, Cody was great. Cody was awesome in this match. I think that people are saying Cody was awesome because Kota was giving Cody so much. I still don't see it. I think you've been giving this guy a year. He's in, in all the right and wrong ways. He's, he's been doing this correctly. If that makes any sense. Like he's, he's really good at social media. He's good at selling himself. But when the fucking bell rings, his matches are literally the same thing. It's him doing chicken shit, heel shit, running outside the ring, doing a bunch of bullshit, doing, you know, completely dying on offense and then basically having his opponent sell like crazy for him. And I think Coda was the perfect person to do this for, which is why it looked good. But the matches didn't do much for me. I, I think that Cody was on offense way too much. I think maybe Coda gave him a little bit too much. But I think the final stretch was pretty good. I, I gave I ended up kind of like giving it a, giving it three stars. It ended up it wasn't it wasn't awful. I think Coda really saved it and I think it was a really strong win for uh Kota Bushi beating Cody who had never lost a singles match in New Japan. How'd you feel about it? I 
think Cody is, um, and I agree with you on most part of it. Uh, my my issue with Cody is, I think he's great, you know, speaker. I think he's a great, you know, getting something across, getting something, you know, getting to a certain point. Um, but I think probably the thing that hinders him most to me and what I'm just looking forward to and looking forward at and observing is that he's very much a student of the game. And I think that... While it's 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 good to know your history, at the same time it hinders you because there's sort of a lack of originality with it. Um, I think he borrows a lot from a lot of old school things, a lot of old school tactics. Um, you know, he borrows a lot of things, but it, it, there's nothing that really have you know he's built on his own. I think we need something that's like originally just Cody, um, and, and that just his offense as well. I don't think his offense is really. You know, super strong. I think to me, he's better as a face than he is as a heel. I don't believe. Him. I think he's a jerk as a heel because he's kind of naturally a jerk anyway from time to time. But I think as a face, you believe him more because you believe that fire and you want to believe in Dusty Rhodes' son and you want to believe in all of that things. Um, you know, he's got a great looking wife. He's got everything moving forward. I thought Kota Ibushi was great in this match, um, as he is always. I'm very like. When I, the last time I saw him, obviously, was, you know, Cruiserweight Classic a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, I was surprised. He was, like, one of the guys who were just, like, I'm sure Triple H was like, hey, you want to wrestle over here? And he was just like, nah. <laughs> so I don't know what he's, you know, he plans to do forward. He plans to do moving forward. Uh, I don't know where his standing is currently in the co- in the company but you know he's doing fair i guess i i think i think with new japan and they mentioned this on the uh on the english commentary uh they they kept mentioning that a title a title opportunity uh is could be on the horizon for him as far as beating he, he beat uh he beat cody here and um I, I i think that's a that's a pretty big win for him like as i said going into that i, I do see him facing okada this year uh, I'm not sure if it will be with him winning the G1 in this summer or him just fighting or, or facing him over the summer. It may be Dominion, but I do see him facing uh, Okada this year and and possibly uh, setting the setting the stage for him and Omega to finally go at it, which I think we're all waiting for. And I and I think that's probably the most anticipated program that we want to see in New Japan in 2018. Um, the next match was Lij, uh, which can see before. I yeah, give sort of a, a preface before these next four matches. I mean, the next four matches, I only watch one of them. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Just because it's like there was a lot of sandwich. There was a lot of people that I I didn't really care to see. Um, and I'll, and I'll when we get to the Jericho Omega match, I'll probably tell you why I didn't watch these matches. But I'm just letting you know beforehand. So. Um, you know, I'll give you a very brief synopsis of what I think of these people. <laughs> oh man, you missed to me. You missed to me was one of the top, probably two matches on the show within these four Please matches. Please tell. But I'm, I'm gonna uh, go back. But we'll. I'll start with the uh, the actual uh, IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match, which was Lij, uh, which was Evil and Sonata defeating the Killer Elite Squad of Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. Um, I felt the right team won here. I think that Sonata and Evil have a huge upside. They are both twenty nine, or they're, they're one of them is twenty nine. I think Sonata's twenty nine and Evil's thirty. Um, they have a they have an extremely big upside. I think that they're catching on. I think the fans really love Evil. Um, and, and I mentioned this on Twitter. I'm, I'm not sure 
what Sonata has to do to, to get his um to get his personality across. But I think that he has it in the ring. The guy can go. I think the match was it, it was it was spaced out and 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 set up kind of weird because uh, Keller Elite Squad was beating the dog shit out of them from the beginning of the match all the way to the end until they pretty much came back and beat them. But what's I, the story behind the Killer Elite Squad? Like, are they just just a team of American guys, just around you know, American <clears throat> Canadian guys? I guess um, going around beating people's ass. Like, what's their? They um they have been working all over the world. They they've been teaming up in NWA, and they were in New Japan. Uh, they they've they basically hop around a lot of different feds. They they've been in pro wrestling Noah also. Um, and it's just basically the team of, of Davey Boy Smith Jr. and and uh, Lance Lance Archer, and basically they're based two big country. Well, I, I can't say Davey Boy is like big country, but I guess he plays it. But two big country dudes that go around beating each other's asses or beating beating other people's asses. Um, they are in the Suzuki Goon stable, um, and that is the stable with Minoru Suzuki, which is like 20, 20 deep. So it's like you don't really see them like. A lot of the time with them because there's so many so many different members, but that their whole shtick is is that not not much there, but um they are two I think they're tremendous uh, athletes I I really do like their style I think that they work a really a really um interesting big man style that they're not always they're not always having the greatest match and I think this wasn't the greatest match but I do love the urgency they had with putting away Lij as soon as possible. Um, and I, I thought the match was solid. I thought it was okay. Like, and, and, and one thing that I will say about a lot of this car is that like, not it's, it's up and down. I wasn't, imp- I wasn't blown away by a lot of stuff on this car. And I, and I'll say that right now, but I was blown away by this next match, <clears throat> which was Hiroki Goto, uh, and Minoru Suzuki, which was a nut was for the never open weight championship. It was a hair versus hair or championship match, um, where the loser would have to shave their head. Uh, and the winner would keep their hair and the championship. Um, t- tremendous match. I, I went four stars on it. Uh, maybe four and a half, four and a half stars on it. Wow. I got to watch this match. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki is, it's hard hitting. It's super stiff. I think that Goto, a lot of the time is kind of, his booking is just awful. Just to say, just, I mean, just going back to the G1 where he, we thought, you know, he would win it. And then Kenny Omega goes on to win it, which I'm not mad at. And then having him join, like, like having him get beat by Okada for, for months and years on end. And then finally join chaos with Okada and stuff like that. Like that type of stuff kind of killed his character for me. And he's a lot of the time his matches aren't super great, but when he's at the Tokyo dome and he knows people are watching, whether it be the G one or, uh, you know, Russell Kingdom, he he shows out, and I think that he and Suzuki, who who Minoru Suzuki is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, they really fucking go at it. And I think what I loved most about the match is that Suzuki was just this unrelenting asshole who was just from start to finish beating his ass, trying to kill the guy, and and, and Goto coming back. There's a there's a section there's a part of the match where he gives him a sleeper and he sits up on top of the 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 turnbuckle with the sleeper applied to not to basically put him to sleep. And I thought it was I thought it was a, an amazing spot, and it set up a lot of the offense that, that was to come in the match. I thought Goto played an awesome face here, a face in peril. And when um and when Suzuki Suzuki Goon came out to actually help, uh, Yoshihashi came out, and that was a great moment that the crowd really bit, they really bit onto for as far as the near falls went. And I just thought it was a great match. I, I just I think that should, the the intensity of the match and just Minoru Suzuki's work was just amazing. Of course, Minoru Suzuki lost the belt, and he sh- he went on to shave his head, and uh, it was a, it was a pretty great moment. I th- I thought the match was great. I think it was the best match to me on the show so far uh, to that point. Um, yeah, I 
watched the next match, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the, ne- the next match was a match that a lot of people were not a big fan of when it was announced. That is the four-way match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. It was Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull, which is Hiromu Takahashi and Kushida. Um, I thought this match was pretty good. Pretty good. Like, I thought it was pretty good. I... I and this is going to be a, a a theme for the rest of the show. I was scratching my head at the booking here, um, but I do understand that you want you want Will Osprey to get his win back on Marty Scroll. So of course, when Will Osprey won the title, he had no wins over him. Like yeah, he was zero for four against him. Yeah, he was zero for four, and you had to get his you had to give him his win back. But I think I tend to, a lot of the times I tend to go with what the fans want, and when. I, I don't think there was anybody hotter in that match than Takahashi. I think a lot of the stuff that Osprey was doing was getting like literally no reaction. But any time that Takahashi was in the match, they went they went crazy for him. And I think that's just a testament to how great his character is and how great of a wrestler he is. But I, I felt like he was kind of taking a backseat and Kushida to a lesser extent to the the Will Osprey Marty Scroll uh, rivalry. And I and I thought like why not just make that a one on one match? But I thought the match was still solid anyway. I, I went about three and a half on it. Yeah, I thought it was fair. Um, to me, I'm not the biggest Will Osprey. Osprey? Osprey? Yeah, Osprey. I'm not the biggest Will Osprey fan just because I think, I don't know, my style isn't more. I think with him, psychology is kind of, oh, there's a, yes, of course, the our show, our weekly, you know, ambulance report. Um, I think his, I think his style doesn't sort of suit me just because it has no strong, like, psychology to it no there's none no, there's no method to his madness or anything he just kind of does things which is cool in a sense of looking at because he's super athletic and he's you know he, he gets things done and he pops the crowd i guess but at the same time it's like i like being able to think um or at least like oh my god he did that and that's why that happened or something along those lines which you would see and you know i think probably the last two matches on the card um but it's a it was a fair match. I, I wasn't totally, you know, sold by it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it, it was it was solid. I, I think they could have done better. Uh, but I also think they were kind of hampered by the four-way format of it. I, I don't think that 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 kind of meshes well with, with it. But they did go crazy. They they There was yeah. some crazy shit they were doing. Like, Will Ospreay did a, f- a fucking flip off of a, off of a, uh, off of the fucking... He climbed up some shit and then yeah, he flipped yeah, off he it. Off the structure. <laughs> off the structure. Like he did a flip off of it, which was pretty, pretty cool. And then like um, some dangerous shit with the sunset powerbomb flip that a Takahashi does to, to the person outside the ring, which I have no clue how that's safe. Um, but he, he did a lot of those in the match. Um, there was some great stuff with Kushida. I, and, I, and I mean, they all worked hard. This, I mean, don't get me wrong. They worked really hard. I just felt as though yeah. uh, I, I would have rather just it be a one-on-one with Osprey and Skrull and just finish that and then let... Uh, uh, Takahashi come back. Um, it looks like Osprey is hurt. I think he looks. I, I can see from the. I was looking at his back with all the cupping. Yes. And I yeah, and I know that's like something that's you know when you have a bad back, it's something to relieve the pain a little bit. And I was just like, man, he looks like he's he's not. He shouldn't be doing half the shit that he's doing too much. Isn't cupping like dangerous? I heard it was. It could, it's possibly. It's potentially dangerous. Uh, are you are you familiar with it? Um, not entirely. I know a lot of people do it. I know, um, just to sort of keep it wrestling oriented. I know Summer Rae, because she's been suffering from, I think, a, pretty much just derailed her career. I don't know if she'll ever get back in the ring, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, especially since she's been released. But I know it's 
for a long time and sort of derailed her career and she tried to use that as a way to sort of relieve some pain and you know get back and I don't think it's necessarily worked um, she was cleared briefly and then not cleared but it's I think it's probably a short term solution you go going into Wrestle Kingdom 12 you want to be able to you know sustain some pain in this match and or or get across and have a great match and you know win win the you know IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship or at least being contention for it so you know I think you, you do what you gotta do whether it's safe or not I'm not totally sure but it's a, it's a remedy I guess he is 24 years old let's just be clear here he is 24 that's years that's crazy old. and he already has back problems that's yes. wild so uh yeah I just just nuts uh, but but um, again you know kudos to those guys they they fucking went in uh hopefully this leads to takahashi or possibly kushida getting back in contention i hope um the next match was a match that pissed me off royally um i'm not sure i know you didn't watch this match no, I, <laughs> I watched it because I, I had a lot of vested interest in it. Uh, it was Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan, versus uh, Jay White, who is one of their one of their bigger projects, uh, one of their bigger students of the New Japan Dojo, who went on an excursion to the to the U.S. and came back. Um, they did months and months of uh, vignettes and video packages for him, teasing him coming out. And uh, two months ago, three months ago, I think uh, he came out and attacked Tanahashi and expressed his want for the IC title and of course we got we got the match tonight at, at Russell Kingdom uh, 12 um I feel as though this match was probably the most underwhelming and disappointing match on the show to me I and, and I think you know for many reasons first of you know chief of them being that Tanahashi is the big game player um, of New Japan, he is the kind of like the jo- big match John Cena of the of the company, and really? yes, and he he is the guy who has held the the IWGP. He's the guy with the ghetto ghetto weave. Yes, <laughs> he he's the, like, oh he's been around longer than than all of them. He's he's in his early forties, I believe, and and he is you know he is considered the ace, the the guy, and in the company. Uh, of course, Okada is quickly overshadowing that, but. Um, you would expect that they would he would have been giving more to the younger Jay here. Uh, I had my my questions about this match when they announced it because I said, are they going to actually have Tanahashi lose at the dome and and drop the belt? Um, of course not. They had Tanahashi beat the guy on his first match back with the new gimmick, with all of the stuff they put into him. They they had him lose, and it's not the fact that he lost; it's the way that he lost. I I think that. In this match, you got no real sense of who Jay White was because all he was doing was working the knee all match. And and I think that it became a routine Tanahashi squash match after maybe, you know, the, you know, the match went about 19 minutes. After 15 minutes, he started playing the hits. Like, Tanahashi played the hits, and it was over. And I think that this didn't do Jay White any favors. And I, and I think after this, like, I, I believe he'll probably get a rematch, but I'm like, who cares? Like, I, I had no no inkling to see this match again after this. And, and I think it, it did no favors for Jay White. I think that they, they kind of fumbled his, his big re-debut in new Japan. And, and I think that he did, it really did him no favors. It was probably the, if not the, if not, if not for the Kota Ibushi match, it, I, I might even change that. It's probably my worst match of the night, to be honest. He returned to a new gimmick and it looks like his new gimmick is like Shayna Baszler because that's kind of what he looks like. He, lo- he looks like great value. Kenny Omega from 24 to 2015. Like, <laughs> That's what he it's a, like. Yeah, it's, it's cool, I guess. But like, you know, I, you know, I didn't watch the match because um, I was kind of looking forward to the next match. 
Um, and I don't know how much time I had, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll explain why I pretty well. I don't know if we can get into that now. Why I didn't really watch these matches? Because if we're getting into the next match, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Um, yeah, let's let's get to it after the show. Let's get to it after okay. we run the show down. Because uh, we got two more matches, and these are kind of the lengthier. These are lengthier matches on the show. They both go gotcha. for 30, 30 and almost forty minutes uh, between them. Um, of course, Alpha versus Omega. This is the this is the match that I feel as though a lot of the, you know garnered a lot of attention for people. Um, Alpha versus Omega, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho for the IWGP United States uh, Heavyweight Championship. It was of course a no disqualification match, which uh, as I'll explain later uh, is actually better for it. Um, this 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 started back at Power Struggle where Chris Jericho laid out the challenge to Kenny Omega, and from there the you know the kind of old school booking of the match started where uh, Jericho appeared and at the World Tag League Finals attacked Omega and the, and then it led into this match. Um, yeah, I there's a lot of there's a lot of hype going into this match. I don't I don't let's not discount that at all. I I think that. This was a tremendous match. I think Jericho was fucking tremendous in this match. He was someone that I have never seen before, to be honest. Right. Like, I, he, I, I think it's like definitely you know unleashed a bit, especially not within the sort of WWE boundaries of what you know Vince wants or something. And I'm not saying like Vince is like the be all end all, but I think you really got unleashed Chris Jericho. This was possibly his most aggressive entirely. Um, he was he was. He was cooking on all cylinders. This was a fantastic match. No disqualification really just threw all the rules out the window. He was as loud mouth as he was. He was as aggressive as he's ever been. This, he placed sort of a new challenge for Kenny Omega that maybe we haven't seen him face in quite some time. Um, a, a new face, a new boundary, something to sort of... It, it, not to say his challenges have been monotonous over the years, but I think he's had a similar kind of match where it's just like, you know, these very hard-hitting, stiff matches, and this was that as well. But this it was, was a sports entertainment like match. It was a sports entertainment yeah. match, and that's what Chris Jericho's good at. And and like I said with the notice qualification stipulation, it worked for a lot of reasons. First of all, and I don't think we're fooling anybody by saying this or, or surprising anyone, Chris Jericho is is 47 years old. He's not as fast or as, as nimble as he used to be. So no, he's moving at half, probably half the speed he did in his prime or yeah, something. Yeah, and, and Kenny had to had to make a lot of a lot of changes to his actual offense to make up for this a lot of this match and i mean a lot of this match is kenny selling uh like and and kenny getting beat up um there's a couple of cool spots there's one spot where kenny jumps out of the ring and onto the announcer's table takes out announcer don Callis in a huge spot i I think there's actually no commentary for like three minutes after that huge huge i loved it i love chris jericho then going in after and just yelling look at this (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like he was on he was running on awesome he beat up the referee's son he beat up the referee and then his son and then put his son in the walls of Jericho for some reason. Amazing. And, and, and then he then after, and then maybe 10 minutes after asked the same young boys to give him a towel when Kenny Omega sprays him with the cold spray. Just just tremendous. I thought it was true. I thought as a heel, he wasn't. I think he was cheered when he came out. After that, they booed the shit out of him for the rest. Of, and, and I think he, he was great for that. I think that. For what he gave, and, and you know, just in my in my main wrap up of the match, before I go into what I felt as though were the negatives, like this match to me brought New Japan to a bigger level than what they did when Jim Ross was calling it two years ago. 
Because I never, I never saw that as the, as the, as the point. This is the point. You had to have someone in that ring who was willing to put Kenny over in a way that not even New Japan's booking would. And and I and I know I talked about this on our year end show, but it's like his booking has been weird for the past year. This is the most important Kenny has felt since the first Okada match. Right. And you had to have someone to us to the level of a Jericho who, for all intents and purposes, people see as a WWE guy, and he beats them. It wasn't Okada that did it. It wasn't Naito that did it. There was it wasn't anyone on that show that did it but Kenny Omega, and he pulled it off. And I think that that's why I would give this match maybe four or four and a half because of just how big it was, just how much of a spectacle it was. Right, and, and, and even on the side of, you know, we're looking at the side of Kenny Omega, what it does for him, look at the side of Chris Jericho. I mean, this is this is something that establishes him as possibly one of the biggest in the game. And when we saw him, uh, when we talked about it, when it was announced a couple of weeks ago, possibly on the first or second show of this podcast, we talked about how big to be able to, you know, break the boundaries and just sort of travel. It's just a wrestling travel, man. It's like not bounded by the WWE stage and be able to do what he wants. And he came to this match and, you know, Tokyo Dome, huge. He has something, I think this is possibly the most notable match in this latter part of his career, just in general. I think it's one of his top five most notable matches ever to me because not only, he's not playing someone who's just like, oh, you know, He's the champion. He's second fiddle. Like he was the attraction for the show. Yeah. This is for a lot of American viewers. In, for a lot of American viewers, he was the attraction. Yeah. By all intents and purposes, he was. You know, he, this was the show where he was the guy. Um, where he necessarily hasn't had that. He's. You know, he's worn. He's worn championships before, and is being say like, "Hey, this is the guy." But you really, the guy was like a John Cena or Stone Cold Steve Austin or Rock or The Rock. Like he felt possibly at no point in his career has he felt bigger or a bigger part of the show or a bigger attraction or anything as he felt at this point in his career. And and if you're a fan, if you were, if you were, you know, an American fan watching this, you really had to stand the test of time to see this because this is like five hours in the show. Yeah. So you're really like going through it and you, you really looking forward to this and they made you wait for it. And it, to me, it didn't disappoint. Yeah. It's I, brutal I, as hell. I, I'll say and this is. I have a. I'm. I'm. I'm feeling very weird about this match. Just you know, thinking about it and going into it. Talk about it. Um, I will go four on it. I'll go four on it, just based on a lot of a lot of factors. But I was I was super underwhelmed by it. I I think that. Um, I, I mean, obviously, it it wasn't. It it was too long to me. I think that thirty going going over thirty was a bit too much. A, a lot of the match was spent with doing it and i think there was one part of the match where i i think um there was a table spot where kenny gave uh chris the v trigger a flash yeah. v trigger into into the corner he fell through the table it could have ended right there for me and i would have been like that was incredible because it showed that, Ken, that, that kenny had the resilience and i think that's what it what the what the match was showing was that kenny had to go to a different place to win this match he had to be vicious and he had to be like Jericho to do it. And then it, it kind of devolves into a New Japan match in the fa- final five minutes where it's Kenny giving him 18 V-triggers, Chris Jericho kicking out of all of them. Uh, you know, there, there, was, there was the main issue I had with it. There was like rope breaks in this match on a no DQ match. It took me out of it. Like it, 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 took, it, it kind of took well, me completely out of it. So I was thinking about that too in terms of I, I understand more of the rope break for this. I, no, I understand... Rope bricks for pins because 
because I feel like you can't get disqualified by keeping a pin on too Yeah, long. you're right. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. But in submissions, you can get disqualified. So I kind of saw that. Like, I, it, it took me a while to realize it because I was also like, hey, there's no rope. Like, we just talked about this. No rope break in the match. But I, it's kind of a different scenario when you're talking pins and submissions. Yeah. But I think it's, a, it's you know, from me watching it from my angle, and it's probably someone, you know, who doesn't watch it a lot in New Japan. Um, to me, it was a great match. And yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, I I just think that as far as hype, it I'm thumbs in the middle on it living up to the hype for me. <laughs> I'm thumbs in the middle on it living up to the hype for me. I thought it was a good match. Did I think it was Kenny's best match in a while? No, I think it's nah. it's more of an important match because of what it is, as far, other than like why it is. And and I think that it it. I just, I, I, I just feel like it was super dragged match, out. I think that a second match would be that match for you. Yeah. I think a second match when when they sort of learned each other, when they've kind of, uh, when they sort of established a, a, a bigger story, a bigger thread for it all, and, and it's kind of like the last year at um, Wrestle Kingdom 11 where we had you know um, Okada versus Omega. The first match, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the best match of the series, but the second match really sort of brought everything together. I think if they have one more go around. Um, I think that could be the match for you. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think they should go again. I think they should do it in Long Beach in March, if if Chris wants to stay around. Um, and I absolutely agree with you. Um, I I I do, I, but I do like the match. I, I think I rate that as my match of the night, along with the Minoru Suzuki match. Uh, but now going into the uh, main event, which was <laughs> Tetsuya Naito versus Kasuchika Okada. Uh, for the IWGP heavyweight title, um, I, I just want to ask how you feel about the slow-paced, um, the slow-paced Okada matches. I, I do not think it worked here, especially after no, that last I think match. To me, out of context on this show, this match might have worked, but when you're getting into hour six of the show, and they're still kind of like, you know feeling each other out or trading blows and then going into, you know, long stretches where there, there isn't much offense. I think it, it kind of takes away from the show. To me, you know, this was what it was, but I don't think it was sort of as thrilling match as it could have been. I think in the last few seconds, maybe the last few minutes, it, it, they stepped up the volume, but I think, you know, throughout the entire match, I wasn't, I was, I was into it because, you know, Okada, but, you know, I think it, it, it was fair. I guess it wasn't the the big main event. I don't think we're getting any bigger than what they did last year. Yeah, they, and, and I think going into it, you know, the the commentary talks about how the over under had the match going. They, they predicted it to be five stars and six, six stars. stars. Which I think to me is wild because I think it's like not only is it. Is it stupid? <laughs> I feel like this is a competition between people. They're not here to like, oh my god, stars. This is about selling the championship match and who wants the championship more. And it's a word. This is not a yeah. It's not about like you know, you know, you know, thing to Dave Meltzer, and it's like it's not about that. Like, who cares if it? I'm, who's betting if it's going to be a six star or five star match? It's so idiotic. Like, <laughs> it's it, to me that didn't matter. Yeah. But you, it's you know. I don't know. I I was. 
kind of disappointed in not the match. I thought the match was really, really solid. I'd probably go like, God gonna lie, maybe three and a half on it. I, I, for for two wrestlers that have been wrestling each other for a really long time and have really great chemistry and had a really great title feud for a short time last year. Um, I thought they had like there was like literally nothing there to me that grabbed me here. You had Okada putting him in his Cobra clutch for like five minutes. Then you had them laying on the ground. Then you had them trading forearms a lot. Then you it was like it was like a paint by numbers Okada match. And it was like for someone who put together these great fucking matches last year, this just didn't do it for me. I think. Um, and I watched this the next day. I watched this today, so it was out of context with the rest of the show. So I kind of watched it as a second half. Um, I. I just thought it was, and, and then again, New Japan. I get them wanting to have Okada defend the title in the Tokyo Dome. He's done it two years in a row now, but also they've wasted two really hot talents two years in a row. Naito doesn't have a Jericho coming out wanting to wrestle him next year. You know what I'm saying? Like Omega's gonna stay hot. Naito has yeah. been a Naito has been a ten year project. He should have been in this spot four years ago or three years ago. Four, I think it was four. He should have been in this spot four years ago when when he was facing him and they got they got shafted for uh, Tanahashi Nakamura. He finally gets his spot. Then he loses it. The crowd and I, again I go with the crowd. The crowd wanted Naito to win this match. I everyone thought it was going to be Naito's night. It was leading up to it, and then you have once again Okada breaking out of everything. Rainmaker for the finish. Hey, and listen, I don't complain about about Roman Reigns. I don't complain about John Cena. But if you complain about either of those two guys, and you look at this guy who's lost twice in one year, and think that that's okay, matches are not. The booking's weird. It's just weird booking. Booking is weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I think it's more so, um, you know, to me, it kind of makes the, the G1 look a little bit funny. Yes. <laughs> you, you, you build a lot of momentum doing this, and, you you know, the G1 is a big tournament. It's possibly one of the, when you see the Royal Rumble, this is like the equivalent of that sort of in Japan, and, 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 and it the crown's a winner, and crown's supposed to be challenging at the big event, and, and all this other stuff, but it kind of makes it, you know, the winners of those, like, don't win repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. Or... It doesn't seem like, you know, they have a, it's like they have a chance, but at the same time, it's like they don't, you kind of paint the picture, like, what is really the G1? Is the G1 really just to set up a challenger? Is it supposed to, you know, are we doing the next? Like, what is necessarily the purpose of the G1? And maybe I'm looking at it weird because I just, I'm I'm not an avid New Japan supporter, and maybe they do business a little bit differently than most other wrestling organizations, but yeah, it kind of it kind of makes it look like. I mean, I didn't. To me, just like bare thing, just knowing what Okada is, and you know, looking at Naito for the first time, I don't, I didn't see it. I didn't see him winning, but I had no context of anything that sort of was before that. I just didn't. Naito is tremendous in that he is a character that has completely changed who he was. Um, from from kind of like the the spunky high flyer guy to the ruthless and and you know he was going at the neck and and it was and, and I think in this match like the most underrated part was the excellent selling by Okada and the excellent uh, work that that um, Naito did on his neck 
Um, I thought that was great. I thought, you know, leading up to the Destino, which is one of my favorite finishers in wrestling, period, was great. But then it's like it becomes the same old Okada match where they're kicking out of Rainmakers and kicking out of Destinos. And out of nowhere, it's a flash Rainmaker and he wins. Um, I don't think I don't know if Naito will be any hotter than he was last night. And then you didn't give him the title. So I think it's the same thing that we talked about last year, too. What was that? It's kind of similar to what we talked about last year. Yeah, but um, I think with Kenny, it was bigger, or it it might be on the same level because he was the first he was the first Gaijin to win the G one, you know. And it's like you you want to send the fans home happy, and and they were ready for that too. But with Naito, it's been ten years. Like this has been a ten year rivalry between him and Okada. You know, it's like he finally beats him at the Tokyo Dome. It's a great story. Why would he not lose? Why would he not beat his his title streak, so to speak, at the Tokyo Dome? I I and I'm like you know, and I wonder if they'll wonder why he's not as hot as he was on the Wrestle Kingdom when he got finally when he finally wins the belt. Like I, I feel like they kind of killed him here. I feel like they really did kind of kill him and. I don't know. I, I'm not sure where they go with Naito from here. Um, he can't go to Kenny, or he could go to Kenny. I'm not sure. Like, I, I guess we'll find out at tonight's New Year's Dash show. But yes, that was Wrestle Kingdom 12 in a, in a nutshell. I feel as though the show is... I'm kind of leaning towards like a 7 for the show as a, as, as a whole. Whereas I, I went like 9 for last year's show. But this year's show, was it was solid. I, I don't think it was beating any of last year's best shows. No, I think... Um me and I was gonna I was alluding to this to me kind of a one match show um and that's not to discount any of the other wrestlers or anything else that was sort of built for it but I feel like to me at least this this was Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho the event and I also anticipated the main event because the championship is on the line and Okada is as big as he is um but for me just even looking back towards it, I don't think any of the matches, and maybe I'll go back to um, the Minoru Suzuki match and and, and watch that, Um, but I don't think any of the matches really just like dragged me in crazy besides that Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho match, but you know, I'm a sports entertainment guy, so who knows? That was a sports entertainment match, and and I think one one of my like main questions was did do you think it started a possible rise in u.s interest i mean you had bleacher report reporting on this you had a bunch of different places reporting about this match in particular and i do think it, ra- it raised the u.s interest a lot more than they did two years ago when they tried to do the same thing with with having an american come in and from the wwe and do this um i think it I think succeeded yeah, it's the beginning, and I think they succeeded in getting people interested in, in this brand of, of, of wrestling. Um, do I think it was the strongest show? No. Do I think they have a lot of shows to come that could be? Absolutely. But um, I, I think New Japan's biggest problem right now to me is their booking. It's really... I, I don't think either company, WWE or New Japan, has great booking right now. But I think New, New Japan's is just actively working against some of the hottest talent that they have that are not in the WWE like you put you give Naito that belt and you give him a run because that's that helps you guys out you you and and if and then you and then you put Kenny in there you put him in the mix you put other people like Suzuki or, or Goto in the mix and have Naito kind of go against those guys and, and tussle up with them and then you know you you build up the, the stable that way but I mean we'll see I, I'm not sure Like coming out of this show I'm not really sure w- What goes to To what But we, we usually get a, bi- a better um, 
a better outlook after tonight's New Year's Dash show, which I'll be catching um, a little bit later tonight. What would Russell did, did Russell Kingdom Twelve kind of interest you to continue watching New Japan or at least follow it as a casual viewer? Yeah, I mean, I think because now I'm going to recognize a few more names and, you know, so when stuff pops up in chat, I can at least just, you know, watch it or something along those lines. Not that I don't watch it, it's just sometimes I watch it, but I don't really, I'm not really invested. I'm looking more forward to, to me, I have to, like, invest in it to care. And I'm just looking forward to, like, investing in these people. And that's kind of what I want to do. Um, great start. It's a great It's a great place to start with the first show yeah. of the year. I think with the, the if, when we're talking about the U.S. expansion and at least like where where does it go from here? I think this is the beginning. I think Chris Jericho will be known as probably possibly one of the first guys to sort of bring that on the map. But I think they need another major guy in wrestling, and I don't know how many much more out there that are not in the WWE. Um, but I feel like they need another major guy, and I mean like major. I'm talking like. Maybe, you know, some somewhere along the lines of, like, Finn Balor or, 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 or maybe even, like, this would never happen, but, like, a Randy Orton or something along those lines to just sort of do that. I think they need another huge... I, I don't... I think that would dilute that brand a little bit. I think you keep, yeah. you keep them with what they have. I think bigger than that, why not Jericho just stay? You know, like, if, if you're saying that, like, just have Jericho stay. Because then I think you're... You're going back to the well for the same thing, and I think you need to sort of. Jericho Okada would be great. Yeah, but I feel like at the same time, then it becomes like Jericho becoming a New Japan star. And no, it wouldn't. He still, still is... no, he's still a WWE guy. Don't get me wrong, but it, it it becomes that. Whereas you have okay, now this Chris Jericho thing brought a sort of after effect, and more guys are coming for competition. More guys. Want there's to nobody bigger. The there's there's guys, nobody there's bigger. Nobody. There's nobody. Yeah, there, there's no one bigger than that. It's not going to be Punk. I I think that's the only Punk other guy. Would be huge. Punk would be huge. He wouldn't Punk be, would I, be the guy. I I don't see that. I don't see him work. I don't see him working tours. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just don't. I don't see that being. No, I couldn't see him doing a long thing, but I could see him doing another one-off. Like maybe Wrestle Kingdom 13 next year. Who knows? CM Punk is like I'm ready to change wrestling. Like yeah, but he that's not gonna happen. But it's like something huge like that. I think CM Punk is you know still he, at one point the biggest star in wrestling. And he's still someone who rings bells, you know, when he when his name is mentioned on TMZ and all these other things. So I think you do that. I think you have a lot of, you know, but then it becomes, you know, you don't want to bring in too many. You don't want to bring in outside. Yeah, you don't want to bring in outside. You don't want to have like, oh, shit, now Mick Foley's is here. What is he doing? Like, I don't even think that'd be big. Like, I I think like I said, like, I think you keep I think if you want to have someone that's going to continuously bring them press and, 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 and pub. You keep Jericho and put him against your top guys, or you give him a belt. If he wants to know. do that, if he wants to do that, that's that's completely on him. And I think that speaks more to Jericho than it does anything else. It's like you keep Jericho there. It's like now uh, uh, WWE guys completely infiltrated. It was the same. It was the same thing when AJ came in, and he won the belt on his first night in. You know, it caught it. It, it, it it's it would be on a bigger a bigger. Um, bigger platform than that so to speak but I, I then you have like alright so we had the AJ Styles thing and then I believe this Chris Jericho thing is bigger just because at the of time course. 
Chris Jericho is a bigger name. So then you go the next step. I think there is bigger than Chris Jericho. I think as as great as Chris Jericho is, and don't get me wrong, he's great as a legend that he is, and don't get me wrong, he's a legend. He's still like when you turn, talk about popularity in wrestling, there are definitely wrestlers more popular than Chris Jericho. I think he's top and five. I think he's top five popular wrestlers. Top five, no doubt. And I think. You know, you talk about CM Punk. I think that's a great name. Um, that's probably the only name that's really. But out I mean, there, out of the top five, you got Austin, you got Rock. Not happening. Austin and Rock, no way. And, 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 da- and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Two thousand Wrestle Kingdom thirteen. That would be a guy. I wouldn't say he is the guy. Well, uh, his a major guy. His contract is up this year, and he says if he doesn't wrestle at WrestleMania this year, he is out. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I think it's a good cliffhanger to, you know, what's going to happen next. Yeah, and, uh, and and just like that, Wrestle Kingdom Twelve is in the books. As is this episode of Wrestle Kingdom Twelve, or not Wrestle Kingdom Twelve. This episode of the A Show, uh, Mills. What was your match of the week? If you had one this week, out of uh, from this card or just in general? Just period. I I'm going to pick mine from this card. I think it's going to be pretty obvious what it is going to be. Shit, I don't have a match of the week right now. I think. Um, I think if you go back and you, you, I don't have a match of the week. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what your match of the week should be. Match of the week. Your match of the week should what be. You repeat that. Your match of the week match should. Of the, what? I think. Are you trying to find a match of the week? No, don't worry about it. I'll tell you what your match of the week should be. <laughs> I'll tell you what it should be. I'll do two because I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you a recommendation. You know what? You know what? I'll give a match of the week. I, I, I got it in my mind. Last week's NXT Fatal Four Way. Go watch that. Good match. Great match. Really Great good match. match to me, but good match. Good match. Last week's NXT Fatal Four Way. It builds a lot. Um, you had him. You had it was very like powerful and uh, Johnny Gargano, who's the smallest man in the match by a lot, sort of came out on top. He pinned Aleister Black, which was like, whoa, holy shit. Uh, so you you begin now like the the mortality of Alistair Black in a sense. Um, Lars Sullivan looked good. Um, Johnny Gargano looked good. Who's the next man in that match? Killian Dane. Um, Killian Dane looked good as well. So you know you build the next and you talk about the next spoilers that are coming up. You know I say go look at that Fatal Four match. I I'll give you a recommendation. You need to watch the Minoru Suzuki uh, Goto match. Uh, from Wrestle Kingdom 12 and I would say to anybody that hasn't seen it I would say to watch that match as well and also watch uh, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega and let us know how you felt about the match did you feel as though it was a classic do you feel as though it was Chris Jericho's best match or were you lightly underwhelmed by it like I was um, let us know uh, tweet us at OGJohnny5 or at, at Mills TV. that is M-E-E-L-Z TV once again, this was an episode of the, the, the latest episode of the A Show. Um, thank you guys for listening. Once again, we will be updating all of the uh, links for the shows on Twitter this weekend, and you will be able to catch all of the older shows um, on the platform. Uh, thank you again for watching, and thanks, Mills, for joining the show, as always. Oh, man. As, as always, you know, here to talk wrestling. I love it. Yes, sir. Next week, we'll be back with more WWE stuff. There won't be a New Japan card that keeps us up until 6 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we'll be, we're, we're coming very, very hot into the Royal Rumble. And uh, hopefully, we'll see what WWE does about it. So, until Tomorrow next... 25. 
and, and Raw and Raw 25. You're absolutely right. Uh, this is a big January for the WWE, so we will be talking about that next week, as long as well as anything that happens from tonight's New Year's Dash show and anything that happens in the world of wrestling. So keep it locked here on the A Show. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week.